Lonely Monk Productions. I don't know if y'all have heard Spies by Tori Amos yet, but yo, that's my joy! joy. Hey yo, displace the guilt. What's good, friends and family, neighbors near and far? Welcome to an all new episode of the Yo That's My John podcast. The podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I'm your host, Nate Runkle, a.k.a. John Dillinger, a.k.a. Duke Nadies of the House of Nadies, a.k.a. John Connery, a.k.a. Since You've Been John, a.k.a. Nate 3.0, back once again with another episode of the podcast. As always, I hope this podcast finds you all in good health and in good spirits. In a little bit here, I'm joined by Lisa Flynn, frontwoman for the band Lisa Christ Superstar. We have a great conversation that you will not want to miss. What is up, my people? Hope you guys are staying warm out there. Man, I was not ready for the temperature to drop so quickly. I'm already out here bundled for the tundra and prepping my dogs to get ready to have a sled attached to them just to get me to the store. Just a few quick notes before we get into my interview with Lisa. First... We added a new feature to the Facebook page. You can now stream the podcast straight from the mobile app, and you can share clips. So, say you're listening to this episode, and there's a part that you want to share with a friend or relative that doesn't know how to find podcasts. Well, you can do it straight from the page. Check out www.facebook.com slash yo, that's my John, and click the podcast tab. Second, you asked for merch. Well, now we've got it. Thanks to the fine folks over there at TeePublic, we now have Yo That's My John t-shirts and other assorted items available. Just go to the website www.yothatsmyjohn.com and click the shop button. Treat yourself to some YTMJ goodness. Available now. My guest today has put her heart and soul into the Philly music scene for years, not just on stage, but behind the scenes, booking venues including the North Star Bar, the Balcony, and the legendary Trocadero. Her band, Lisa Christ Superstar, has just released their debut album, Soundtrack of the Floating World, on Code 3 Records. The album, 12 straight tracks of pulsating guitar goodness, was produced by Philly legend Joe Niccolo and is available now on all of your favorite streaming services. She is 100% pure badass, and it is my honor to welcome to the show today, Lisa Flynn. All right, there we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined today by the great Lisa Flynn. Thank you, Lisa, for joining me here on Yo, That's My John. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Oh, that's great. That's great. So I, I'm a, I am very excited for a, a whole multitude of reasons. But one of the big, most important reasons is um, I got to hear uh, Soundtrack of the Floating World. Um, and oh my God, what an amazing album you've put together. Like, I absolutely love this album. It is so good. Um, thank you so much. It was a really long process to get the album out and done. And it was really a labor of love 
And that means a lot to me for you saying that. I mean, it 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 is like the perfect sound. Like it's everything that um, it speaks to me. It's my kind of music. So like it just um, it just uh, bangs. It's a it's a John uh, <laughs> to borrow a phrase <laughs> from this. Um, but uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But let me get started. Uh, why don't you tell these good people like uh, where you're from, like uh, where you grew up? Oh, I grew up right here. Well, in Northeast Philadelphia. Born and bred in Philly, which I'm very, very proud of. Um, and I take that Philly attitude with me every place, I think. Excellent. And uh, yeah, I've been playing a t- lot of bands in the city for years. And I was involved in promotion in the city. Like I booked a, a bunch of clubs, like the North Star Bar and the, the, the Trocadero and um, the Balcony Bar. And uh, I've been involved in music for a really long time and this is kind of my time now where I'm just like, you know what? We just got to kick it into full gear and this, you know, get this thing going really again after the pandemic started, you know, that's awesome. Well, so uh, let's, let's uh, jump in the time machine and go back in time when you were a little kid, uh, what kind of music was playing around your house? Oh my God. Well, Johnny Mathis. Yeah. (laughs) Johnny Mathis. But um, I started playing guitar when I was four Really? And um, yeah. And my parents, like, this is one of my sweetest memories. My parents, I don't know if you remember Sam Goody Music Store or not. I was a third key supervisor at Sam Goody. You're kidding. Which not one? Not, the one in the Montgomeryville Mall in uh, uh, North Wales. This well, was Roosevelt Mall. This was okay. Roosevelt Mall. So I loved Sam Goody's, you know, and I was like four years old and I went in, I was, my parents were going to get me guitar lessons and I walk over to the counter and I pick up this, it like Dumbo was on the cover and I was like, oh, it's Disney's classics, you know? So I got this and then I walk up to the counter and this guy changed the trajectory of my life. He was, he was like, he's like, he's like, sweetheart, you don't want this. You want this. And he slid me a copy of the Lennon and McCartney songbook. And I knew Yellow Submarine because I knew it was a cartoon. Okay. And uh, then I just devoured it and everything took off from there. That's unbelievable. These yeah. these, these little butterfly effects that kind of change mm-hmm. change the trajectory of things. So so you're kind of starting there in the uh, did you did you pick it up easily? Was it was it a challenge for you to? Pick no, up the guitar. it was pretty. It was it was it, it was pretty easy when I first started to uh, play guitar. My parents were wonderful. I did want to play drums, but they were like, "No, we live in a real home," <laughs> you know. Um, so they bought me this really. It was like almost like a. It was almost like a Spanish guitar at the time, but it's like this acoustic guitar. And I started playing, and I had this great guitar teacher. He would come to my house, and uh, he taught me. You know, I learned how to play for from that you know and then i became a brownie in the girl scouts that took a little time out <laughs> my cookie drives yeah but um you know my love affair with that, that that passion of finding that love like i'm sure you have that passion of something in your life i mean even though you have to do other things to like pay the bills or to keep your insurance or whatever mm-hmm. else you have to do man that passion is in you through and through from those beginning days, you know, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It gets me, uh, it, it's literally like been the lifeblood of, of my whole life, you know, uh, from being a kid and listening to it to being older and making it and just enjoying it and, you know, doing this criticism and talking to people. Like it's been the backbone through my entire life. And, um, yeah, I love music. It's so, it's so perfect. Were your parents musical at all or not at all really i mean not at all no my parents weren't musical at all um you know my my you know my parents love nat king cole and uh you know like like again I, all i can remember is the, the johnny mathis my mom would go ape shit for this and like <laughs> you know frank sinatra and stuff like yeah. that but no not at all i don't know where it came from i guess it's something that you're just kind of born with like people have talents and i was just I was just born with that. Um, what kind of music were you into when you started? What, ter- what was your first love? Uh, so um, they, my parents used to like to tell me this story about how obsessed I was with um, Robert Palmer's Bad Case of Loving You. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that and, and it, I kind of do have that seed. Like whenever it comes in, it does kind of grab me by the spine as if taking a hold of some kind of right. deep receded memory in there. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but my dad had this enormous, extensive um, record collection and, um, you know, I had, they would buy me records and stuff like that. But it was always like in the corner of my eye, like my dad's collection of like how to get in there. And um, I own it now. So it's it's kind of uh, following. Wow. Me <laughs> That's really cool. That you that you that that you you know your parents were a huge influence. My parents influenced me in everything, and they 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 helped me, and they they did. But you know, neither of them pay, play any instruments, and yeah. you know, like that. So, yeah. Did you um did you play um in any band in school or anything like that? Any any kind of school instrument or? Um, you know, we used to play. The, you, you remember, we used to play the drums on stage with those sticks and the you know, on the stage and stuff like that. But I did all my stuff really, really at home. You know, I just started devouring things and, uh, you know, just learned how to play. I had my lessons, but then I really started to learn. Like, I'm not really, I'm pretty much self-taught after the lesson, like some lessons, but I mean, the music that I listened to, my guitar teacher wasn't teaching me, you know, so you learn to pick up everything by ear. You know, you learn to play and you stand at these chords and you try, you sit there for hours and hours with the album open, you know, trying to play these chords and figure it out, you know, and that that's where it came from, you know, it grows, you know. Yeah. Yeah. For for me, when I uh, I used to work in a in a uh, actual music store, it was called Stewart's Music in Lansdale. And Mr. Mm. Jim Stewart was the uh, uh, owner and he would give guitar lessons and I would work the front of the store while he gave guitar lessons. And um, I actually never took lessons but while he was in the back teaching kids how to start playing guitar learning like mary had a little lamb and stuff like that i was out in the front of the store teaching myself how to play over the hills and far away by led zeppelin so like it was like you know it was like i could hear them like banging through mary had a little lamb and i'm like why are you wasting your time the good stuff's all out here like (laughs) the good stuff's all out there i will say i did have my share of mel bay Oh my God! I yes, Mel Bay. I do, I do. <laughs> I think I probably still have some sitting around here in a box somewhere. You're kidding! I probably do. Probably like a chord book, like a Mel Bay chord book is probably. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 
that was the thing you got, you had your Mel Bay court book and then you kind of like went off. This is what my, my, my teacher taught, you know, then I'd have my, my stereo and with my records and my little 45 little turntable and try to learn stuff. And man, you know, you, you really have to, um, sometimes life buries you under a weight of a lot of other things and you forget those feelings that that like electric spark that you have inside you, you know, but when you, when you, when you reach it again, it's always still there. Whatever your love is, if it's art, you know, painting, um, music, any create creative force, cooking, anything, you can get bogged down doing so many other things in life, but the way you're talking about, I mean, you're just like glowing. That's how I feel, you know? Exactly. You know, and, and that's one of the one of the things that I've really enjoyed doing this whole podcast and stuff like that is like talking to other people that also glow when they talk about music and, and, and other things that they love. Like, I just I really am fascinated um, how far away when people age and when people, you know, when life gets in the way, how far away from from the things that people love they get. You know, and I like I enjoy talking to people who have been able to continue and harness like that that passion of of the thing they like and keep it in their life. Um, that's that's that is perfect because that's what really kind of challenged me these past year and a half. Um, I mean, we've always played. I've always we've been a band. I had a band before this called Workhorse Three. We put out three beautiful awesome records i'm really proud of before that i was in a band called savage 3d and i was in you know different other bands before but like i think this past year like um we were we were right we were writing this record and uh it was we were getting ready to record with i don't know if you're familiar with joe nicolo yes like yeah yeah we recorded with joe nicolo and right then not to really it is breast cancer awareness month i was diagnosed with breast cancer and um which i'm fine thank god thank god indeed thank god and i'm also a nurse so um covid hit right then and between that and work you know all my friends are home from work and you know i have to go in you know what i mean like to deal with this beast you know and all man it took between that and that diagnosis it really took a lot of uh buried my creativity for a little while like just like trying to survive at work you know trying to survive with dealing with a, a, an invisible monster that that i've never dealt with before you know it's covid you know patients getting sick and dying and everything and it really drained me and and um thank god you know i'm clear with, with the cancer everything's great with that and then now we're coming on the other side of covid and i'm like you know what man I, I can't forget like what brought me, you know what I mean? And I yeah. have to go back to that. But I tell you what, man, for that like year when I was working in the hospital with COVID and everything, um, I felt like all of the joy, like leave my body, you know, I'm sure. But, yeah. That's why I'm so happy to have gotten the record. The record took over a year. It got put pushed back. I had surgery and then it got pushed back over another year. And, um, just the joy of playing again and um, is something that I will never take for granted again. You know, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, kind of um, starting early in that, how did how did you end up in the, the nursing field? Was that uh, also a passion? Um, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, um, you know, um, um, I'm a musician through and through, you know yeah. what I mean? Yep. And I've, I was booking for years and I was playing for years, but you know what? The term starving artist is there is a reason for starving artists, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, and I said to myself one day, I mean, I just said, you know what? I got to do something where I have a flexible schedule and I can at least do something where you know, I can pay my bills. I, I got to have insurance, you know, like I hit kind of like this wall. I'm like, wait a second. I got to do something here, you know? Um, but not sacrifice my, my music and everything, you, you know, yeah. and nursing has given me the flexibility to do that. And I do, I will say this. I mean, I love being, it's not near my passion for music. I love being a nurse. I know that um, taking care of people and patients and, and giving them dignity and helping them get better. Uh, I love, I do love doing that. You That's know, amazing. I love I do love doing that. You know, I work in a cancer hospital, you know, so I really yeah. love doing it, you know. So, um, you know, working in a, in a cancer hospital during COVID with cancer yourself, like that, I, I, I can't, I'm like, it was another one of the main reasons I, I was very excited to have this conversation with you because I can't even imagine what the weight of that must be. Um, and, you know, uh, people throw around the word strength and stuff like that, but the strength that it would take to kind of essentially face what you're going through, but also throw in a pandemic on top of it. I can't even like, I can't even imagine. Like, I, I just, oh, you're so sweet. It was, man, I really thought like, say like March, 2020, I went back to work like March 17th and that's, we, we had our my first day back after my surgery was our first COVID patient at the hospital. Oh my God. And I was just like, I really thought, I really, for that, I thought it was like the end of the world, my world. I thought it was the end of my world. I'm like, Oh my God, you know, what is going on? And it was, it was, it, it go, you go into like this weird, like kind of, we all did. We went into the survival mode where we're like faced with lines in the supermarket and we can't get food that we want. And it was really scary. And all I wanted to do was be home with everybody else, you know, but I'm like, we're thrust into this thing. And I had that, um, I think it, I think it was almost a weird thing because being thrust into the COVID, I, I really didn't take, take time to think about my own breast cancer diagnosis sure you know um it kind of i'm like oh my god i gotta take care of everybody else like i have to make sure my patients don't die i have to make sure our coworkers are fine like my 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 nurse colleagues like it was a different kind of camaraderie that i i, I always thought of camaraderie in nursing but uh never one that i went through like that and on top of that with you know the breast cancer diagnosis i was just like it was, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot of crying nights, you know, um, a lot of, um, you know, the unknown and, um, you know, that's why releasing this album was such a, just an, just such a, a triumph for me because, you know, I want people to know that like you can get through certain things 
And there's other people that do understand, you know, what, what you're going through, you know, uh, and hopefully they can identify, you know, with what some of the things I'm saying, you know, absolutely. It's a, it's a very powerful statement. And like I said, like I, I, I admire kind of, you just, I, again, I'm, I, I hate using the word strength because it's overused, but it's legitimately like the, the amount of strength that takes is, is, um, well, thank you. Incredible. No, that's really sweet. <laughs> that's oh. really sweet. Thank you so much. Um, so, you know, you, you had mentioned, um, booking and stuff like that. Let's kind of rewind. Um, what was your first band like? Like, so when did you start playing out? Like now that you, you've got the Mel Bay backing and you've got, <laughs> you've got your Lennon McCartney book, like what, what kind of, uh, uh, gigs did you start playing? Well, we, we used to start, we played a lot in high school and actually my husband and I went to high school. He's, he plays drums in Lisa Cray Superstar. And but we didn't we hooked up a couple of times in high school, but we didn't get married <laughs> till years later. OK. And um, uh, so we used to play in bands, you know, the ba- the best shows, the bass. Oh, my God. Yes. Parties, you know, and we would cover like Rush and we would we would we would play like early, early Def Leppard and like some Metallica and stuff like that. And just all over the place, all different stuff, you know, Um and that was great. And I'd always had been in the bands and we used to play at the Pontiac and like the 23 East. And we played a place called the Kill Time, um, the Ferenz, the Kyber, where the Kyber and Knicks were together. We're back, you bounce back and forth doing the Kyber and Knicks. And you go around the corner and you go to the Ferenz. Um, it was just a great time. It was a real good time in music in Philadelphia, you know? Oh yeah. What, um, what, when did you start kind of writing your own stuff? Like when did, uh, when did you guys start kind of compiling your own original? Well, I always, I, I, I always wrote my own songs. Um, and, uh, I just always have yeah. but lately. It's like lately I've had more of a purpose to them. Like sometimes I'll come up with these, like, Maybe a lo- when I was younger, I called these like nonsense lyrics didn't really mean anything, you know, blah, 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 whatever. But but now I feel like like I'm in sync now with my music and my my spirit and my lyrics. Yeah. You know, and I can kind of get out what I want to get out in through my songwriting now, you know. Yeah. That's really what this album did for me for the first time. I so. Think. So the the songs I know you know it, it was a long process kind of going into recording this album, but um, were were you working on them prior to um, all of the craziness? Oh yeah, we were re- we were ready to record. We had Joe. We had a date book with Joe. We're like Joe. Uh, we were going to go in in November 2019 and uh, November December 2019, and then I got diagnosed and I was like, whoa, we got to put this off for a couple months. And then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So we had to wait, you know, push back about a year. And um, it was actually, it worked through some of, I was able to have a little extra time and I, I worked through some of the songs and fine tune them a little more. So we had some more time to, to, to definitely come up with the album that, that, it, that we have now. Yeah. Um, were there, were there drastic changes or was it just kind of like finessing um, what you had? There was a drastic change. The one song that I'm really proud of on the album is kind of a departure from what, what we kind of do. It's a song called I'm Going Under. Yeah. And I'm a I'm a I'm a furry baby mom and we rescue. And um we've had seven dogs and cats in the house. Oh wow. And, 
Yeah, we we have, we right now we have four. Um, but at one point we have five. They're each my baby, and my my dog Harry, who was sixteen at the time, I had the song written. Song was written. It was done. Um, and then the night before Thanksgiving, he passed away last oh, year. Oh no! Yeah, and I that the next day or two. I threw all the lyrics away and it just came out of me, the lyrics about how I felt about him dying. Because people don't realize um, they're family members. Absolutely. You know, like they're your best friends. And the deaths that I've gone through with them and all my babies, my Sammy and Foxy and Molly and Rocky, like it really affects you. And in the video, we asked some of our fans to give pictures of their pets that had passed on. So oh. in the, I don't know if you got a chance to see the video or not, but in the video, we put so many animals in there that had passed as kind of a tribute to them. And um, that really just like, that just wrote itself. Yeah. You know? uh, that's, that's, that's the one I really reworked. That's really awesome. Like uh, I haven't had yeah. a chance to check the video out, um, but like I said, I've been kind of mainlining this album. Um, it just really it's okay. Like... It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, so um, those changes and stuff like that over that time, um, obviously you're going to feel uh, much better about them, but um, have you thought about like the alternate universe? Like, uh, are there still demos? Like, uh, can you B side um, some of the some of the early stuff to kind of? Uh... Yeah, we definitely, we definitely do. Like, I'll have, you know, sometimes the way we write, like, I'll just have it like the like kind of the I call it almost like the exoskeleton. Yeah, you know, I'll have the song and it's just like an exoskeleton of the song. And then I pull it to then either I'll have a riff or, uh, you know, a, a mute uh, a verse or a chorus. And then I'm singing nonsense into the mic. And then then I fix it and then I figure out what it's about. And then I really really it. So, yeah, I've got a lot. We have a lot of those. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a a big fan of, um, outtakes and B sides and, and, uh, early edits, alternate lyrics and all those are like my favorite. Like that's one of the things that I love geeking out about music. Cause I love, I mean, and, and I guess it kind of, um, is shown in the fact that I started this podcast, but one of the things I absolutely love is the process. Like I like hearing how things got to where they got, you know, and, and cause you kind of, you can kind of tune in more on certain aspects of things and kind of see, you know, when you see that growth and see that change. But um, anyway, that's just because I'm a goofy music nerd. So. <laughs> so that's, that's, no, that's, oh wait, I've got, a, I've got a little bit of a fight over a bone down here. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> um, no, I, I, I do that's when I read about like, you know, people that I'm into, I'm like, oh my God, this is what they meant. And this is what, what's going on. And this is what's going on in their head when they were writing this and, and, and everything. Uh, yeah. I love it too. Yeah. It's so great. It's so great. So, you know, early on you're playing and stuff like that. How did the booking start? Was it just from playing out like did, meeting, you know, the venues and stuff like that or. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had been playing and I was like, you know what? Why can't I make my job, my whole job, like music? What the hell? You know? Yeah. So we started booking. I started book. I got John Hampton from the Trocadero. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he interviewed me. And uh, I got a job booking the balcony at the Trocadero. And 
But I, and then I started learning how to close shows and promote shows. And we did the North Star and we, I, we, were, we were booking a lot of rooms at the time. And it was awesome. The only thing that sucked is I was booking and working so much. I couldn't play as much as, play. Yeah. as I really wanted to. Yes. That was, was actually working almost every night, you know, that was actually going to be my uh, my next question was, um, did it and, and it sounds like it did. Did it get in the way of of playing? Because I got to think that booking a show is pretty extensive work. It totally did, because not only the booking the show, it was like a big chess match. I liked it. Like, oh, this day, this and this band, this and this one, this coming up with new ideas. But I also had to close the shows and I learned how to settle shows. And um, like settling shows, like paying the bands and, and getting all the receipts and making sure this, that, and the other thing goes right. You have to make sure the catering is right and everything. So you're staying until like, you know, that's maybe it's one or two o'clock in the morning to get all oh, those man. shows settled, you know? And then like I had to, I had to do a lot of those. So yeah, it ultimately did wind up. I, I couldn't play as many shows as we re- I really wanted to because I had to work a lot with those kind of hours all the time, you know? Yeah. Uh, one of the things you booked that um, I'm really interested in is uh, you booked the last night at the truck. That's that's like a, that's a to me that's like a a calling card. That's like a a, a piece of history. Like uh, what was that? What was that night oh, like? I have, to, I have to send you. I still have a couple posters. I have to send. It oh, to that's you. awesome! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send me send me your 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 uh, address. Yeah. Um. Well, I talked to Joanna. Joanna Pang, who was the owner of the truck. And I said, Joanna, man, I hear you closing the same thing. I'm like, I'm like, Joanna, I've got to book that last local show of, of locals, you know, yeah. like, and she was like, Lisa, like, yes, you know, awesome. and I was so happy, you know, so I didn't have much time. I might have had a month. Wow. You know, like I didn't have much time at all. So, um, you know, and you need press lead time, you need promotion time, you know, and um, there wasn't much time to do all the promotion that I wanted, but I did get it written up in the Inquirer. I did get it written up in a lot of places and we did flyer the crap out of it and put it out. And what I wanted to do, I mean, I actually had people like, I couldn't book. Of course, I would have wanted to do like a a, a, a three day event and have all yeah. the bands and this, that, and the other, but you can't do that. And um, I wanted to do a little bit of the fantastic new bands, the fantastic older bands, and um, just kind of meld it together, you know, as fast as I could, as best yeah. as I could, in the, in the in the little bit of time. To really give um, just that feeling, you know, that of the room, that, that that room is a huge part of, I think, everybody's, you know, like youth and, and yeah. not even youth, just their day, their, their musical career, you know, their music, they've seen so many shows there. And I, I was really proud. It's one of my proudest moments. And I was so glad Joanna was like, here you go, do it, you know. That's so it was great. awesome. Were you, I mean, like, because it happened so fast, were you able to kind of appreciate the awesomeness of it as it was going on? Or was it, you know, did it take a while until after it was done to be like, whoa, we did that? Like, it took a little while till after it was done um, because I was so kind of like frantic to yeah. try to get it done. Cause I'm like, can I, first of all, can I get it done? 
fast enough? And second of all, are people going to come if I don't have enough time to promote it? And you got to, you know, book bands that people are going to come out for. Right. You know, because um, just saying it's the end of the last truck show isn't really enough. You know, you got to have local bands that people are going to want to um, come out for because, you know, they have they have their their life plans. And, um, you know, sometimes it's just hard to get, you know, it's hard to get bands that are available that aren't playing with a month in advance and this and everything. But um, it worked out. It, it, it worked out better than my wildest dreams. And everybody was so excited and the, the feedback was so positive and it really really culminated my time there and in philly and what that room meant to me you know oh that's incredible that is absolutely yeah. incredible yeah that, and i hope that, whatever, what it meant to everybody else too you know like you know yeah. we're all in this together you know yeah that room i mean like it was it was just a, a magical little i saw so many great shows there and so many like i have so many memories from that room like when i when i found out that it was closing like that was like heartbreaking like i was like this is a piece of like somebody's got to save this or something or do something I but i oh this is lily so oh, hi lily <laughs> um yeah i know it was when i found out. i mean Oh my God. I spent like 10 years booking there, booking the, you know, like, and you know, those balcony steps, man, walking up those balcony steps, you know, and loading in the balcony steps and just the history of the room. I mean, like the three stooges like played there, like back then, you know, in fact, I learned this later when I, we, when we, when I was booking there, we had offices, you walked up the balcony steps. I don't know if you remember, but you would walk up the balcony steps and then there was a door you'd go right into the club and there was another door where there was a whole nother level up there. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's where our offices were. And actually when I found, and then there was like another attic, we found all this cool stuff up there, all this old shit that was up in there, but like from the vaudeville days, you know? Yeah. But I had found out that actually the second entrance, the balcony entrance and the level that was for segregation. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it blew my mind. That's absolutely I, crazy. Yes, it was two separate entrances. Oh my god, that is that's that's like a, a hidden history. That's one of another one of my besides music, hidden history is like one of my favorite things in the world. Like that's that's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, what um did I wonder like were they doing I mean, clearly, if they had a segregated entrance, they were doing segregated shows. I wonder if they were doing, were they doing like, um, oh, that's, that's just really fat. Like, that just blew my mind. Like, my mind's going everywhere right now. I think that's true. Somebody told me that one time ago. I yeah. think that's true. But it made sense because it was like somebody, like, like one of the, an old, like a press guy that came to the show. Like, he told me that. He was just like, yeah, it's got a separate entrance and the separate steps. And you would, you know, and I was like, what? Wow. I never, I never thought about it before. Like, I hope I'm not starting any risk, but sure. that's what somebody told me. And it, it, and it was from back in like the 1930s, I guess. The 19, I don't know what year the room opens, but, you know, wow. it's wow. terrible. But yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what, that's what I heard. What an incredible piece of history. That's, that's, yeah. that's really, really insane. Um, so uh, back to uh, soundtrack of the floating world. Um how did how how did um hooking up with Joe Nicolo how did that how did that come about? Well, I've been a fan of Joe's for for a long time. 
Like he's an amazing. Um, oh my God, he's like a legend. Yeah, he is a, he's not like he is a legend. So this record, when we were the Workhorse Three, and it was um, uh, me and Eric, and then our bass player Steve at the time. Now we have another bass player. We change it. You know, I said, you know, when I got diagnosed in the COVID, I said, you know what, I want to do something different. I don't want to have this like. I don't want to have this like total raw like sound. I want to have something a little cleaner. I yeah. want to have something that I've never done before and I want to record um and just do, I just want to cross that invisible line that is in is in music sometimes. Like even if it's in your own mind it's like this invisible barrier that you have kind of like oh can I do this? Can I not do this? You know, like can can my record sound a little different? Like I wanted the record to be opener and I, and I, and, I, and I wanted the record and I wanted to record with somebody that had that that knowledge of a whole other level of the music industry that that I don't know about yet, like the Grammy level and the yeah. uh, you know dealing with different people that I, that you know that I, that I'm not that familiar with yet. But um, uh, I, I said, you know what, I want to use Joe. I mean, the the stuff that he did was fantastic, and he was so wonderful. Like I messaged him and he, and he, he, he was so accessible. He, he liked what we were doing and he was like, yeah, I'll definitely record you guys. I was like, what, <laughs> you know? So it was, it was, it, it, it was great. I, we were blessed, you know? And he put like a different spin on the record. Like it, 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 it does have this open and airiness to it in certain things and it's more polished and, um, I just love what he did with it. Yeah, it it sounds so incredibly tight and precise. Like, you know, you can definitely tell that someone um mas- masterful um put put their hands on it. Like uh so uh, what what what's that what's that process of working with him like um or, or is he kind of um uh, like on the fly live while you're playing kind of making tweaks and stuff or is he suggesting stuff based off of listening to demos or well we we had asked when we went in it was different because it was still covid so we like he has a whole he has a new studio so he was behind like partition we couldn't sometimes when you record with somebody you go behind the partition and listen to everything but we couldn't do that then because this is before the vaccines and everything okay yeah. so he kind of he kind of like played everything through for us and sent us like uh you know like mp3s for us to listen to everything but uh what we did was we we record as a band the three of us like live yeah we record our tracks pretty much live right then i like that i like the energy of that i like all being in the same room when we record and he was really conducive with that like some people say oh you gotta put this down separate you gotta do this he let us be who we are. And then when we recorded like a song, I asked him, I say, Joe, what do you think about this? Or what do you think? And he told, and he, he said, you know, let me work on it. Let me see what this sounds like. And, and he, he put some changes in that were just that we didn't even think of. Yeah. Look, look, does this sound like shit? Does my voice sound like shit on this? He'd be like, yep. You know, we gotta, we gotta go back and cut that again, you know? <laughs> and, you know, we did, and you want that with a producer because you want them to be honest with you. You're right. putting their name on it as well as you. And he was so laid back and he was, he was just, he, he was, he was just wonderful. I, you know, I don't really get 
like I don't really get nervous meeting people or anything. But when I met him first, thank God he was so easy and so easygoing because I was a little bit like, wow. Yeah. You know, I was a little I was a little nervous. And he has this piece of paper. It's, it's on a yellow piece of paper and it says prepare to give the performance of your lifetime. Wow. And it's taped to the wall. And it's what I think the I think it was like Lauren Hill's manager wrote on a piece of paper for her to look at when she recorded one of one of when they when they were recording one of their records in there. Wow. And it keeps it there. You know? That's and incredible. It, it, yeah, it was really it was really a good great experience. I hope to work with him many, many more times, you know. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you're, you, what you've done with him so far is incredible. So I, I too hope that continues because, um, Thank you. like I, like I said, I, I absolutely love this album. Um, this will, because of when this airs, this will be in the past, but you're having, um, uh, a record release on the sixth, um, uh, at the, at the fire. Um, right. w- 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 let's, let's pretend like it happened. Uh, How'd that go? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> it was fucking awesome. It was fucking fantastic. I'll pretend like it happened. I'm right there. In no. my mind, I have to think things are positive and like they did happen for so I don't get stressed. You know what I mean? It happened. It was great. It was fantastic. And then I keep that positive vibe out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah, so I mean, uh, with the with the um, with the uh, day job and whatnot. Uh, how, hi Lily, uh, with the, um, with the, with the day job, like, are you, are you able to kind of tour on it? Like, are you planning on touring on this album or, um, just kind of staying local or. Well, I want to wait and see right now. Um, we're going to, we're going to do, we're, we're like kind of torn up about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, especially with the COVID thing and everything. Certainly. We're kind of, we're kind of, um, not sure what we're going to do. One thing I'm exploring, which we haven't done before. I want to put um, more videos out. Yeah. Like, like we we're going to be releasing another video uh, this week or last week. It was released. And um, if you're in the future or the past, on the <laughs> um, so, so um, I want to at least do four videos for this, for the record. Um, which is something we haven't done before. And I definitely want to start playing, uh, playing more shows like this show. We were really good friends with the pagan babies. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Vaguely familiar. Yeah. Yeah. They're like Parker Field legends. My husband plays drums in them. And so they had the show and I'm like, listen, I'm like, look, they're like, do you want to play? I'm like, sure. I wasn't even like, I didn't even know. Um, I was just starting to look at, like from places to do like a record release show. I mean, because b- clubs were just starting to open like two months ago. Right. Yeah. You know, two or three months ago. So, and you need that kind of time to get press and promote it and everything. So, um, we've been, we've been, I've been trying to promote the record and like practice and everything for the show. So, we're going to be looking into getting some more shows coming up. Probably stay a little local, like in the, the tri-state area. And sure. then immediately, I think, start writing our next record. Okay. Yeah. That's an excellent sounding plan to me. Um, yeah. I'm on board. Do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, did, so is this, this is, is this your first live show since the shutdown and all that stuff? Uh, no, we played one. We played one a month ago in Pottstown. Oh, okay. Which was, which was, I was like, 
It was outside. It was a gorgeous night. It was fantastic. And um, I thought, oh, I'm going to have to dust off the cobwebs. There was no fucking cobwebs. To dust yeah. Off. It comes right back. There's I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Off. That's right. There's it's no in dusting. you. It's in yes. you. Let the yeah, power compel you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What, um, what was that experience like? Like uh, being in front of people once again for like the first time in forever? Uh, it was it was great. Like, um, and the fact that the, the fans there that came out were really, I think, I don't have extra hungry is the word, but they were like really happy to see, you know, live music and really, you know, we sold a bunch of merch and everything. And it awesome. was, um, yeah, it was just a, a great atmosphere to feel that again. And I'm glad my first show back was outside. Um, yeah. This is the first venue that we were playing inside. So I don't know how that... Go- I know everybody has to be vaccinated and show your cards and everything. But I don't know how um, how that works. I think you have to have masks on in Philadelphia unless you're at the bars or playing. Yeah. So I'm kind of interested to see how the bars work with that now, you know? Yeah, I went to... Um- my first live indoor show, um, I guess that was maybe two weeks ago, last week, two weeks at mm. time, time is gone. But, um, and, uh, it was at the Fillmore and, uh, I am glad that, um, was I'm, it? it was idols. I don't know if you're familiar with idols. Mm, not. Um, you should check them out. They're, they're a uh, British post-punk band and, um, they, um, kind of preach, um, love and compassion and um aggression um it's like it's 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 it's, you'll love them um wow you'll definitely love them i'll I'll send through some links or something but um but because i'm an older guy now um i was up in the balcony and i was just looking over a sea what what i told my girlfriend was just in my eyes a sea of covid because it was just there was just so many people and i just i'm not there yet i'm not there there yet right (laughs) um but like a smaller venue i can i I can totally hang at and and stuff like that but those big shows i i think i gotta i think i gotta take a break on for a while Well, did they enforce masking? Like, what's the they, vaccination? Um, they they did. It was mandatory max uh, mask or um, um, uh, negative test within seventy two hours. Um, and they wanted people wearing masks. People were wearing masks when they went in, but looking down on the ground, they certainly were right. not wearing those masks. I mean, like, exactly. like there was a big enormous, a big enormous mosh pit going on and stuff and like i missed it like like in my in my heart i'm like god i wish i was there but also my my new heart from this past year i'm like i'm glad i'm nowhere near there (laughs) exactly well i mean i know me as a nurse i'm like oh my god oh my god you know like i mean i've been i just got my booster oh excellent you know so i'm like and my flu shot and like uh so i'm part of me is like okay we, we we sang outside I was fine. You know, what I mean? yeah. the only the, show I, the first show I went to besides playing was an outside show. So I was like, okay, I saw my mask on and I was outside, but I was like, oh, this is great. Now this show coming up for five, I'm like, I'm like, hmm, do I sing with my mask on? I'm like, should I sing with my, I'm like, can I sing with my mask? I'm like, cause I've never taken my mask off. Yeah. It's you know? weird, right? Like it's very it, weird. It's really weird. It's yeah. really weird. And I'm like, I mean, I bring my own microphone and everything. Yeah. 
but um it's like this dilemma i'm like i can't sing with my mask on but i do it practice like for a year i did a practice i sang yeah. with my mask on you know um and i'm like do i do that like do i i'm like I, like I, i'm I don't know what to say. I'm like, nobody's singing with their bass up, but I'm like, I don't know if I could take it off, you know? Right. You know, that was, that was one of the other things though, is that like, um, uh, I played, um, I played some outdoor shows last summer, um, at, um, this, uh, bar restaurant in my area. And, um, we were like, I was comfortable with it because we were outside and we were far away from, from where everybody was set up, but also being able to connect with the crowd was almost impossible. Like it was almost just like people were sitting in on our practice, you know, like it was very weird. It's just been, it's been very challenging, but I, I am. And, um, listeners of this podcast are probably sick of me saying it for the past year now, but I, I am really inspired by what music has kind of done during the pandemic and people's connection to music. Like it's just, um, it's I, I, like live streams and, and stuff like that and getting back out to live music and, and all, um, I'm just, I'm really, I'm really, really happy, um, to see, I don't want to say that people forgot how cool music is, but I feel like people fell in love with music all over again. And I know I did. Yes, because they it was t- it was almost like your joy was just sucked out of you. I mean, it's just now, like just now, like be- like I think I was behind everybody in a lot of ways because I was working the whole time through the pandemic, yeah. so I didn't have any chance to. And we had to work extra and overtime. You know, we were just working, and I didn't have any other time to invest, find new things that I love and. And take time to explore new things. I was just trying not, you know, I, we were just trying not to die. You know what I mean? Like, come yeah. on with God, I'm strip at the door, you know, clean everything. Like, just like, you know, had to, t- you know, just like scared to come in the house, you know. Um, but um, now I'm starting to get a little easier with the, with, you know, the vaccination. Now I can start to like sit, sit back and say, hey, where is our music going to go now because it yeah. is a different world and it changed while I was working. So now I'm trying to adapt with the new changes of it. Yeah. You know, a lot of people adapted to it while it was happening. Um, I didn't. So now I'm like, I realized how much more shit is online and how that's why I want to focus more on, I think videos. Yeah. And I'm also torn up. And what do you think about this? You know, I'm from an older school. You put an album out and you put the album out, the album, you get the album. Oh, it's an album. Yeah. But it's not really an album centric culture too much anymore. It's I I had a uh, conversation with a girl named Clover, who's a very uh, incredible musician. She was on this show and um, she's uh, much younger than me. uh, um, And her social presence is really phenomenal. And I and I think it's great. Um, and that was one of my questions for her, like, cause I was like, are you working on a new album or are albums even a thing? I don't, I like, I don't understand because like, right. if you, if you go to someone's, um, like a, a, a newer artist's Spotify page, right? Like there's not really, there's maybe one album, but there's like 15 singles, you know, or something right. like that. And, um, I, I, I honestly, I don't know the answer. Um, because like you said, like, I love albums. I like a complete thought. I like a beginning, a middle and end. I like, I like, you know, 
um, being able to say track four, I, I, cause I never know song titles, you know, like I, the, right. it, it's, it's in my, it's in my nature that an album is the main goal, but I, I don't know if it still is. Um, I don't, I don't Isn't know. That weird? It's very weird. It's very weird. You know, and the other thing is um, I don't uh, like, and this is something that completely puzzles me because of just um, coming up and, and, and the nature of everything that, that I know of music is I don't know how important live shows are to an entire generation of people. Like to me, um, they're very important and that's how you, right. that's how you connect. And that's how you hear how a song really sounds. But like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like yeah, these kids today, you know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, wait a second. Like I have to rethink this whole thing that has happened. That's why. And I'm like, I'm like, can you just go with, like, you know, we're used to going and recording an album you know, and that's it. And you have so much. Like, wait, we're going to record 12 songs. What do we do? Record 12 songs or at least one every month. Is that what we're supposed to be doing? Is that right. how it works? Like, I, I don't know what works or what doesn't. You know, I, I guess I'm just going to do whatever we're going to do, you know, and so be it. I, yeah, I feel like one song isn't enough. No, never, never. You know, and and here I'm not I'm I I try to not get too metaphysical, but the music will tell you what to do. Like when you write when you write and stuff like that, it'll tell you like like a song will tell you if it needs to be released right now or if right. it's like if it's part of a, a a larger thought and stuff like that. You know, I I think you'll know. I think you'll make the right decision because um you know listening to your album, you've made um twelve straight right decisions um <laughs> right there so uh, yeah i think I, I i i you know i think you just have to trust yourself and trust the art um as heady as that may sound you know yeah, no it's great because i've had to i'll just talk with like you said with other musicians and it's it's like you know people are you know you're right i gotta just do what i think that we're gonna do whether we put out one song, whether we put out like a, a trilogy or. Yeah. I like that. Ooh. I like that. Nobody steal that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. Yes. <laughs> so um, maybe we'll do that. That's a good idea. Like, you know, because I know people don't listen as much, but, but, but people, I still, you know, you, you get your hand I, I, on that album Yep. And there's nothing like it, man. There's still, I mean, I still like, I'm, I'm still a fan of just a big physical vinyl gatefold. Like there's nothing like opening up that album. And it's like looking at like almost a poster of just, you know, right. lyrics and credits and, and digging through to see, Oh, this flute player, that name looks familiar. I've, I think I saw that person on this album and trying to tie it together without the internet and just Googling like, Oh, what all has this person played on? You know, like I miss it. I miss that's it a how lot. You that's how you learn. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how you learn. And that's how, that's how you like get new influences. And that's how you like, I, I do miss that. Like, that's how I grew up. It was without the internet and everything else. And you got the Sunday paper and you got to see who was playing and you would buy maybe a magazine. If you were lucky or you go to the record stores and you might hear, you might read in the liner notes. Ooh, like, you know, like, you know, uh, John Lennon, David Bowie was on one of John Lennon's songs. Oh, who's David Bowie? Let me find out who David Bowie is. Yeah. Oh, David Bowie, like, Iggy in the studio. Oh, who's Iggy in the studio? You know what I mean? 
and and then and that's how it grew, not like by Google searching and everything right. like that. Exactly. And, you, you know, know, another thing that I find weird, um, and again, like I, I, I always try to stay away from sounding like uh, old man yelling at a cloud. But one of the things I always found weird was like you could have an artist release a duet. Right. And not know who that person was singing with at all. Like not even know that person was on the album. Whereas now, right. like everyone, everyone's credit in the title is like so-and-so featuring blah, 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 blah. But like to this day, I don't know. I mean, I really could because I'm a music nerd, but like just based off of looking at um, the back of um, Michael Jackson's thriller, um, I couldn't tell you who he's duetting with on uh, I Just Can't Stop Loving You. Like, you wouldn't know unless you dig into those liner notes. And that's what I miss. Stop doing the work for me. <laughs> I know. Stop doing the work. I know. And you still get those moments where you're like blown away. I remember like what I was saying, John Lennon, when I knew when I heard that, like, John Lennon was doing backup vocals on Fame. I was like, what? Yeah. That's like you know? um, that's like um, uh, 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 Michael McDonald doing backgrounds on um, Steely Dan songs. That's now all I can hear. Like on Peg, all I hear is Michael McDonald over every other voice. <laughs> wow. I have to see if I can pull that out now. Listen to it. Every every chorus. All you're going to hear is Michael McDonald screaming Peg. It's so weird. <laughs> Oh God! It's so weird. <laughs> that is, is so weird. weird. That's yeah. one of those cool things that I like. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, do you want to go through the jauntlet? I got these stock questions that I ask every guest, um, starting with the one-hit wonders. Um, here's the first one: sure. Are you a Billy Joel or are you an Elton John? I have to pick one or the other, right? Yep. Early Elton John. Okay. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. I like it a lot. Early uh, number two, Debbie Harry or Joan Jett? Oh, wait a second now. Uh, I have to go with Debbie Harry. Oh, very nice. Very nice. This, um, I, I was just saying last episode, that's pro that one question there is probably the one that gives people the most difficult time uh, choosing someone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, number three, Aretha Franklin or Tina Turner? What are you doing with the? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aretha Franklin. All right. All right. Uh, next one, Nirvana or Pearl Jam? Pearl Jam. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's my choice as well. Uh, the next one, um, another one that people seem to have a problem with, uh, Janis Joplin or Stevie Nicks? Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Here's the big one that uh, uh, is a cliche at this point, but it still tells me everything I need to know about a person. Beatles or Stones? Oh, it's the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Beatles. Um, I, I, I It better be the Beatles. Oh, Beatles yeah. Better be the Beatles. Yeah. I, I actually would have guessed guessing on the Sam Goody songbook also um, that, yes. that that would have been your answer. Um, I'm going to re I'm going to bring back an old question that I actually retired, but I would love Wait, to I have one for you. OK, yeah, go ahead. I got this one I put on and a lot of people are stumped by. And this is one of my favorite ones. Deep Purple or mm. Motorhead? Oh, oh, OK. So <laughs> I'm, it's I'm one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, man. So, wow. Um, I feel like I have to say motorhead just because Ooh. that's like, that's my right. core. Like, I really think, I really think I got to say, but like, but you know, definite respect to deep purple. But yeah, I think I, I, I always got to, I always got to settle with Lemmy is, is what it always comes down to. Right. As a lot of people do. Yeah. 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 I'm deep purple. I'm Lemmy too. 
But right. if I gotta pick one, I gotta go with Deep Purple because I love yeah. Richie Blackmore, but I love Lemmy. It was a hard one. That is a good one. I like that a lot. I like that you know a lot. What? Yes, I copyrighted that. I copyrighted that one. Oh, that excellent. One. <laughs> excellent. That's that's the that can lend itself to the trilogy. Um wait a second. I think I'm pulling back my Stevie Nicks and going with Janice Joplin. Am I yeah. allowed to sure. answer? Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's, okay. Yeah. I like that it's been weighing heavy on your mind that you had to sneak it back on. <laughs> Uh, last one of the one hit wonders, Bohemian Rhapsody or Stairway to Heaven? I got to go with Stairway to Heaven. I learned yeah. how to play it on guitar. I got to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, all right. So the next I one. Will, I will tell you this, though. Little side note. I used to work in the warehouse records store in um, San Francisco years ago. It was like a tower records chain. OK. And Mike Myers came in. Really? Yeah. This was years ago. This is before. And he was filming Wayne's World. No and way. I, he asked me and I got him the Queen record that had Bohemian Rhapsody. No on way. It. Yes. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> amazing. For me. And I was like, yes. And I got my autograph from him and everything. That's, that's my Bohemian Rhapsody story. That's the only story. I have. That's a phenomenal story. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> It's a piece of history, film and yeah. music history, because, um, you know, I think about the um, like, I, I want to know if Queen pays Mike Myers money, because I swear the resurgence occurred when he put that song in that movie. Like it oh, was yeah. it was unbelievable. The life like the the recharge of life into that band from that. I wonder. I wonder yeah, they have to. They have to pay Queen money for that. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, OK, so the top 10 countdown. These are um, I, I use the as we all in Philly do. We use John to be whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be music. It can be anything in the world you want. But uh, uh, top 10 t countdown. Number one. What was your first John? What was the first thing you were obsessed with? It was the Beatles, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Guitar. Yeah. Um, one of the old questions, that was what I was going to ask you, um, that I actually retired, but I would like to bring back for you is, um, who was your favorite Beatle? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> when, when I, when I was, when I was, when I was growing up, it was John mm -hmm. and George and now I'm all Paul. Yeah. 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 I've yeah. seen him live so many times. Oh my God. I'm Paul. Really? Oh, uh, that's yes. awesome. That's awesome. Uh, number two, what's your current John? What are you into right now? Um, I'm into getting French kissed by my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what am I into right now? Uh, I'm a pretty hard, I'm a pretty hardcore vegan. Oh, you know? awesome! So uh, I'm really passionate about that. My my girlfriend is um, vegan curious, um, so to That's speak, um, and um, you know, so we eat a lot of. Um, quasi vegan meals. Um, but, um, I'll, I'll tell you what, in the past few years, the, um, the kind of, um, uh, recipes and, um, meal ideas that have come out, um, Forget about it. it's unbelievable. And, and even in stores, to, you, you, you can, when I, when I stopped eating meat, you couldn't get, there was only one store that you could get, you know, there's only one, it was like West soy, soy milk in a box unsweetened yeah. you know in one store on a dusty shelf that's what you get now there's soy there's everything yeah so it's, it's unbelievable my new john is well that's an old john my new john is the trilogy 
That's the trilogy. I like it. Yes. I like it. Uh, number three, what was your first concert? What was the first live show you went to? I did see Beatlemania. My first oh, yeah. concert was the Kinks. I saw the Kinks. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah. Did they fight on stage or um, no, were they fight it was even better than that? It was at, um, oh my God, where was it? Oh my God, it was outside. I can't remember. Oh, it was it was the Kinks and um, Ray Davies was with Chrissy Hine at the time. Oh, and wow. Chrissy Hine, yeah. And she's my, of all the women that you named, I mean, she's the only one that had any kind of influence on me musically at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's uh, absolutely incredible um, and, and never, never lost a step. Like there's yes. no, there's no bad, there's no bad pretenders albums. <laughs> Those first two pretenders records changed. Like as the first time I heard like a, 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 a woman doing what exactly what I wanted it. And I wanted to be her and James Honeyman Scott, the guitar player. I wanted to be that in one person, you know? And, and, I, and, and I, that's what I've been kind of <laughs> <laughs> that's what a lot of my influences come from you know so she, that makes, she's one of my dawns yes that makes so much sense that makes so yeah. much sense uh number four what was the last concert you went to the last concert i went to oh my god oh it was pre-covid i think it might have been like mike nesmith and mickey dolan's actually Oh my God. So, um, you, uh, just, uh, essentially said to the magic word because, um, again, everybody who listens to this podcast is going to, um, roll their eyes at me, but I literally try to bring up the monkeys in every single interview and you did it monkeys. and you did it for I me. The monkeys. <laughs> oh my God. So do I, so do I, Dude. I'm an enormous fan. Um, a few episodes ago, I'll send you a link I to this too. People that people bust my balls. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. A, a few episodes ago, I did this whole rant, uh, like a five, six minute rant on how, um, the monkey should be in the rock and roll hall of fame. And then oh I did, God. and then I covered nine times blue. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah. Oh my God. I love the monkeys. Did That's, you see them at the Keswick? Did you see the Kes? It was at the, I didn't. The last time um, I, I've actually never seen the monkeys. I've only ever seen um, Mike solo a few times. And I think the last oh, time saw I saw Mike solo at Sellersville. Yeah. Did you see that? I saw him. No, I saw him at the Colonial Theater in the Phoenixville. Colonial Theater. Yeah, I didn't and, go to that. Yeah. And I saw him at the uh, World Cafe. Um, oh, uh, and, wow. And front, front row for that one. It was um, it was uh, one of my favorite experiences ever. When was that? Um, it had to have been six or seven years ago now at this point, I think something wow. like that. Yeah. Oh yes. I'm a, a Mike Nesmith is my spirit animal. Like, uh, that's, uh, ever since I was a kid, um, watching the monkeys, that was what I always wanted to be. And he just writes incredible music and I'm, I'm an enormous fan. I got, I can't share that with many people. <laughs> that's well, if you ever um, want to talk monkeys, I, I am your guy. I am right there. I am dude, all for it. Pop songs. Yes. Yeah. So that, you know, um, the kind of backbone of this whole, yo, that's my John thing was, um, it started as a website and it was just, I wanted to write about things that I love that people tend to call like guilty pleasures or something like that. And I don't believe in guilty pleasures. So it was, I just wanted to, um, glowingly love things that um people kind of roll their eyes at and the monkeys play a big part in that because like you know i, I mentioned the monkeys to people and they're like oh yeah, yeah whatever and i'm right. like no you don't even understand like you don't the, understand the, 
like the people that they worked with, you know, uh, Carol King and Harry Nielsen and and uh, Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond, and, yeah. yeah, it's unbelievable. Like I could, I could, I could go on for hours. So listen, it, it, there are two songs on the record that were definitely completely stripped and influenced by them. Uh, Burnt by the Sun. Okay. Record Burnt by the Sun, and the song that I told you, I'm going under, it was like okay. totally like monkeys like i was really in a monkey's like frenzy and you know like oh the songs are are, i i i I, i'm so happy i found you (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing it is it is very rare to find someone uh, as as obsessed with them as i am and and i'm i'm glad that we've we've made this connection how underrated uh, uh 100% 100% and mike's solo stuff um is just like uh i i don't understand how it's not so much bigger than 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 it ever was because like some of the stuff he was doing is so easily mimicked by other acts at that time um but he gets no credit for it you know and, yeah uh, i have to dig deeper into his solo stuff I yeah, do. check out the first national band stuff. It's really, I ha- really phenomenal. I have it. I've listened to it, but I haven't devoured it. Okay, okay. So I've got to go back. You'll inspire me to go back and totally devour it. Do it. I love you it. You know, they're touring now. They are. I've, I've, I've seen some clips. It's, um, you know, um, I wanted to get out to one of those shows, but um, I forget it. I, I think it fell on a night that I had a uh, prior yeah. engagement or something. Yeah, but. I think they're. I think they were coming. We, we, we actually. Oh, we had tickets to see them at the Keswick a couple of years ago, and we went to the show, and that's the night that Mike Nesbitt Mike had, had a the heart attack. attack. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, we got there, we're like, "What the fuck?" And then we didn't know what happened, you know. But then we found out. And then um, I went, you know, we went back on the rescheduled show, and it was just. First of all, I'm used to going to a lot of concerts that are like standing, and you're screaming, right. and. Like, was all seated which i was like this is wonderful yeah really listen you know and oh it was so good it it was was so good peter torque had just passed away and they did a tribute to him and to davy and stuff like that and um it was just it's one of those like tear inducing moments yeah yeah oh 100 percent 100 um Number five, what was your favorite concert you ever went to? Oh, my favorite concert had to be uh, Paul McCartney. Yeah. I mean, you know, like even like, you know, you hear a song, you have your favorite band. Who's your favorite band? Uh, Probably, I would say probably Wilco um, is probably my favorite band. Um, Wow. uh, and and that's um within the past few years they've kind of just taken the uh taken the title there prior to I mean, that it was probably the who <laughs> yeah real that's all wow yeah what, do you know i'm outraged i just saw one of those things online like this band versus that yeah and they had you, don't even don't even get me started they Uh-oh. had cinderella versus the who what and cinderella won was it like a PA local thing? Was it people like just voting for the hometown guy or something? Or? No, I don't know. But I, I, I went ballistic. I'm like, I don't want to be in a world where. 
twins wow. over there in this kind of contest. But uh, anyway, yeah, this, I mean, Keith Moon is like, forget about. Oh it. my God! Yeah, like um, he like I I I have said this um not on this show but a few times to friends that like I think they were like the best band like they're right. like they all were so strong in their areas and they played right. well together you know and um yeah they're definitely right there like that's love the who unbelievable i was like i i did you ever see them i did i saw them um the um speaking of people who passed away i saw them right after john entwistle died like uh we bought tickets and he was still alive and then he passed away and then they had to reschedule and but um so i've seen i've seen the two um as they like to say (laughs) oh right i I was lucky to see um we saw the who with the clash wow and philly yeah that was pretty fucking good because kenny jones was playing drums wow yeah, that was really good. It was the combat um, agent. I don't care, but it was the combat rock <laughs> tour. So everything was like combat rock down on the stage and they tore all that down and the who came out. And then I saw them again, like you, um, uh, with the two of them. Yeah. And then I was lucky enough to see what John Entwistle played Nick's in Philly, like a small club, like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah wow yeah. So that, yeah so that was a weird thing that's you know? awesome yeah um, we'll, we'll push wilco over the top though um so they have this song impossible I don't know that much about wilco so they have this song impossible uh impossible germany all right and um it sonically uh there's a whole middle instrumental section into the outro and um it is um it is I have an, uh, what I can only explain as a religious experience listening to that song um, because it just sonically kind of um, I, like I have to just focus on it and I can't do anything else. And um, it just it blows me away. It absolutely blows me away. And that's kind of like based on on my um, my relationship with that song. That was what kind of catapulted it. But um, with The Who, I have very similar kind of um uh connection um to certain songs like um like uh all of quadrophenia <laughs> um right. is just uh another thing that's imprinted in my dna but i i know and, and to get to see like even if you see a part of the band members yeah you know to get to see them like when i when i saw mccartney i've seen mccartney probably about 10 12 times now Schlepping my husband all over the place, <laughs> and you know Ringo Starr. I've seen a bunch of times, but when you sit and I sit back, I remember I was just like in a fog, and I'm listening, and I'm listening, and I'm like, oh my god! And then you know he's playing these songs. I'm like, am I really here? Yeah, listening to the songs by the guy who did it. Like, hey Jude, I'm sitting. I can hear Hey Jude on radio. How many times have I heard it? I've heard it right. thousands of times, you know. But like sitting there and listening to the guy who sang it and wrote it, yeah. Like, singing to me like with me asking you to sing on the chorus oh my god i'm like hey hey jude i'm like (laughs) (laughs) what that's like we saw we got to see um a at world cafe live and we were right up right up against the stage i got to see um brian wilson 
And, you know, like there's Brian Wilson sitting four feet from me singing God only knows. And like, it was was like, it was, it was overwhelming. Like, it was just like, oh my, oh my God, like, oh my God, he's right there. Like, that must've been unbelievable. Was it just him and a piano? It was, it it was him and his, um, his band that's kind of made up of pieces of, I don't know if you're familiar with the band, the wonderment, but, um, but they, they kind of back him. Um, but it was, it was just, it was incredible to just experience like, like it's it's unbelievable, you know, like there is that's, that's life changing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 100% high from that for months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, still every once in a while, when I look at pictures, cause I I'm firing off pictures every two seconds, every once in a while, I look at pictures. I'm like, look how close he is. You know, like that was like, I, we could have high fived if he was into high fives, you know? Yeah, you could, <laughs> yes. You could have high five. Right. Wow. That's a cool story. That must've been. Wow. The, I remember, I think he played TLA. I don't remember that he did. When was world cafe? World Cafe, this was 2015. Oh, so that wasn't that long ago. It was not that long ago at all. No, yeah, it just, it was not too long ago. How was it? Um, It was one of the most incredible shows I've ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Did he do like, did he do like things that you thought he was going to do? Like, yeah, I I mean, he did. He, he went through the hits. It was like part of the uh, non-com convention and, um, and, but yeah, like, um, it was it was just uh you know it's like oh now he's doing in my room you know like <laughs> oh okay oh my <laughs> god i know it's unbelievable my phone charge just came in i'm just gonna oh, get no. back in oh my god wow you see and nothing else gets me like that yeah no- and that's else. that's music that's music um number six who have you never seen live that you wish you would have they can be living or dead well definitely the beatles and um and also rush rush i saw uh, i've seen Ru- you've never seen rush no i've seen yes but not rush wow i um 94 counterparts tour third row another wow. another one of those things where like uh, and that was at the spectrum it was another one of those things where i'm just sitting there like oh my god they are right there like that was yeah, yeah. big rush that fan big rush fantastic. fan as well they yeah like um it, it was it was absolutely incredible and um for some reason because i was a dumb kid in high school at the time i i had a, a business card of my band and i was like we have to get them our business card because we're gonna tour together i don't know what my thought process was but no, anyway you gotta go for it dude you gotta go for so it so what we did was we tucked my business card in my hat and we threw my hat up on the stage and um i almost hit alex lifeson in the head with my hat while he was soloing and it was one of the scariest moments of my life i was like oh no no oh no 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 like i i misjudged that throw 100% and then getty lee walked over and he kicked it off stage and i was i was just in awe like i was like he kicked my hat like <laughs> yes that's awesome i know i saw um I saw Ringo at like one of the casinos and I ran down and big security guards there, whatever, you know? So I ran down and I'm like, I'm pointing, I'm pointing at my tattoo and he's like, <sighs> Oh, that's amazing. I was like, did, I, I'm like, did anybody see that? No. Oh. I'm the only one. But still, I know. I know. But you know, that's all that matters. I definitely you know. know what happened. Yes. Uh, number seven, name an unappreciated John. Name something you think should have more exposure to it. Uh, 
I have to say animal cruelty. Oh, yeah. Fantastic answer. I completely agree with that. You know, like, and uh, that a lot of the like the beauty products and besides the food and the beauty products, like it'll say it'll, it might say 100 percent vegan, but you have to make sure it says cruelty free because right. they might not put animal products in in it, but they will test it on animals on it. On, uh, it's, it's just it, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah, um, that's that's yeah, that's definitely uh, that is definitely unappreciated. Yes. <laughs> like that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Number eight. What's your favorite album? Oh boy, my favorite album. Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I. That's fair. I don't know. That's fair. That is a that is guitar solo. Okay, I like that. Favorite guitar solo. It's that one I was talking about in Impossible Germany. (laughs) My favorite guitar solo. I mean, does that, does that guitar solo bring you to tears? You're going to have to tell me it what does. it's called again, and I'm going to listen to it. What's it called again? Impossible, Ger- Impossible Germany, and it's uh, Nels Klein playing guitar on that. It's uh, just phenomenal. Impossible Germany. Okay. Um, my favorite guitar solo is this guitar player um, in Wings, Jimmy McCullough. Yeah. And the solo in Maybe I'm Amazed just floors me. Yeah. Don't, it's, it's not, you know... Some people confuse speed, but like, I'm not a speed guitar player. I'm yeah. not this technical guitar player. I'm not this technical whiz, like, oh, I'm playing, you know, with this electric, this and this, this electronic. It's not me. But the feelings that are, that emote from a lead, it doesn't have to be fast. It doesn't have to be anything. Just a few notes. It, it, that's it. Yeah, that that's how I that's cool. how I that, that's that's how I feel about um, Clapton's playing on Bell Bottom Blues, which is just like it, just another one of those songs that just strikes me to my core. Like Clapton you know, has just, lost his mind. I just read an article about um, his past year, and I'm just like, oh, just go away at this point. <laughs> like, well, I gotta I don't, say, Badge is one of my favorite songs. Badge. Oh, it's so good. It's such a good song. So good. And Cream is great. Yeah, but he, yeah. Yeah, he definitely uh, 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 lost it, and yeah. uh, it's it's sad to watch. Um, number nine, name an artist whose output you'll consume anything they release. I hate to say I'm such a twerk, but like McCartney, whatever he puts out. That McCartney, makes sense. You know, um, yeah, probably uh, McCartney. Um, the Rollins Band. I'm a huge yes. Rollins Band fan. I noticed um, the sticker and, on the guitar. Yes. Yeah. At that time, that lineup was fantastic. Yeah. I um uh, did. I don't know if you saw or not. Henry's coming to the Keswick yes. to um do spoken word in March. I yeah. tried to get him on the show and they declined. So uh, I'm, I'm a little sore about Henry Rollins, but yeah, <laughs> but I I'm still not, love I'm him. Not, <laughs> you know what? Him as a front man for the Rollins bands. Uh, not even so much flag, but for the Rollins band is where I totally dig him. Like the spoken yeah. word I can listen to. I cannot listen to, uh, you know, sorry, but that, you know, um, uh, and like just so much. I mean, Zeppelin, I'm a huge Zeppelin fan. That's a band I wanted to see live and who I yeah. wanted to see live, you know, the doors too. Oh, and God, I yeah. keep going on, but you know, yeah. the, um, the, the 10th and final, uh, top 10 countdown question. Da, 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 da. 
what is your favorite John of all time? Again, doesn't have to be music. Can be anything you want it to be whatsoever. My favorite John of all time. Oh my god. My favorite John of all time is my family, my dogs. That's beautiful. I love it. I love it. So um, tell these good people listening um, to this podcast where they can find you uh, uh, on the Internet. Um, On the Internet, um, I'm on Facebook, Lisa Lynn Flynn. We also have uh, most people hit me up there, like message me and stuff like that on there. We have a Lisa Christ Superstar band page, but most people hit me up on the Lisa Lynn Flynn. Also through our website is www.lisachristsuperstar.com. And um, you can also email me at lisachristsuperstar at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, the, the, the album, uh, by the time, uh, this airs will be out. So everybody, please make sure you go check out soundtrack of the floating world. If you listen to anything that I tell you, it is beyond brilliant. And, um, Lisa, thank you so much for joining me here on this podcast. Dude, thank you monkeys for life. My thanks again to Lisa Flynn. You can find Lisa Christ Superstar's new album, Soundtrack of the Floating World, on all major streaming services right now. And you can find more about Lisa and her band at www.lisachristsuperstar.com, on facebook.com slash lisachristsuperstar, and on Instagram at lisa underscore christ underscore superstar underscore band. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you are up to the challenge and you want to earn yourself a super awesome John Scout merit badge for citizenship of the world, you can do so just by rating and reviewing us. Don't forget to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yothatsmyjohn for updates and live streams. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Yo That's My John and find the Yo That's My John YouTube channel and like and subscribe the heck out of that ish. Do it to it. We want to hear from you. Reach out, reach out and touch some John. Well, we did it again. Another episode in the books and I hope you enjoyed it. Blue skies. Until next time, everybody. Yo, That's My John is a Lonely Monk production written and produced by yours truly, Nate Runkle. Theme song by Phil Tyler Music featuring Nate 3.0. Special thanks to Fox Run Brands, DX Ferris, Andrew Scott, Natalie Runkle, and the incredibly brilliant and wickedly stunning Katie Daubney. If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yo, that's my John at gmail.com. Or you can leave an audio message for us and possibly hear yourself on a future episode by visiting anchor.fm slash YTMJ slash message. Until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure and shout to the world, yo, that's my John. Mm-hmm.